Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your second place Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Christopher Colin. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing all right, Sam. We uh, we didn't play, and we actually ended up better off for it. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I, I believe finally we have uh, figured out what Cam Cameron meant when he said fail forward fast. We... <laughs> Somehow the Miami Dolphins had a bye week, did not play, and moved up in the rankings to now they are tied for the sixth and final spot for the uh, AFC playoff picture. Uh, Maybe we should just not play every week, and we would finally, finally get the success that we deserve as Dolphins. Yeah, that's like the line in Happy Gilmore where he's like, uh, screw putting. I'm just going to make it in the first shot every time. And uh, Chubbs Peterson's like, uh, good plan. Yeah, Yeah, just don't play. Hope uh, the Bengals get their shit pushed in by the Saints by 50 fucking points uh, and then just hope for the best. I guess that's what we can do now. Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of 50 fucking points, did you not see that Chiefs Rams <laughs> game from the other night? Holy crap. Now, that is fun football. I know people like defense, but I love that. That was the that was the game of the year. Hands down. No, there's there. Even if you love defense, deep, each defensive uh, side of the ball uh, scored a touchdown like yeah. it was. Fucking phenomenal football. Like Pat Mahomes, Jared Goff are the future quarterbacks in this league. That like the next Jim Kelly's, Dan Marino's, whatever you want to call them. Um, those that watching that, I tweeted out, it made me jealous as a Dolph fan. Like the uh constant stalling of drives and not scoring or getting past the fifty and just watching them just do what they wanted with different plays, different looks, going deep, screens, well perfectly timed and blocked. It was an incredible game and Sam it's the first time in NFL history a team scored 50 points and lost. Um, if any game should have been a tie, it, it was that one. I mean, what an entertaining game. I stayed up and watched the entire thing on the East Coast here. I was exhausted at work today, but well worth it. Yeah, so they scored 105 combined points between those two teams in that game. The Miami Dolphins, through 10 games this year, have scored 199. So to put that in perspective, uh, that that's, that is amazing and depressing all at the same time. And you had actually mentioned this, Chris, and uh, I'm going to give you full credit here, but... Uh, the Chiefs are the first team, like you said, to lose after scoring 50 in a game in the history yeah. of the NFL. Um, I'm surprised that wasn't the Dolphins. Yeah, oh, that's the most Dolphins thing ever. Any team that's ever won uh, scored 50 points was 216-0, and 0, according to Sal Palantonio on ESPN before I came on the show. I saw that. Uh, so the Chiefs are the first team in NFL history to put up a 50-burger and lose and that is just something and, and believe me not shitting on the chiefs great football team they are going to go very far into the playoffs most likely um wish they were my favorite team i wish i was the dolphins right now their future is supremely bright but uh that just seems it reeks of something that the dolphins would do is it not sam 
Yeah, I hate Sal Palantonio, by the way, as an offshoot. He's got too many vowels in his name. It annoys the shit out of me for some <laughs> reason. But you're right. It's definitely a Miami Dolphins-esque sort of stat to be like, oh, we scored 51 and lost. Uh, thankfully, that was not us. We scored uh, zero points and did not lose. So that's how you know the NFL is not fair. It's the not fair league. That's what the NFL stands for. The Dolphins don't play, don't score, and somehow move up in the rankings. The Chiefs play and score 51 points and somehow move <laughs> down in the rankings. Uh, you got to love what this game. What a game. game. Yeah. I mean, think about it, too. The expectations coming into it were huge. They're very high expectations. Two 9-1 teams. Uh, the game gets moved from Mexico to L.A. Yep. They do this whole thing with uh, the first responders and the shooting victims and things like that out in California. Like, super, super. Uh, all the eyes are, are of everyone, a sports fan, is watching this game, uh, expecting a great one. And normally there's duds when that happens. But this just delivered uh, – to the tenth, m uh, degree. It was just unbelievable. Fifth, it, uh, both scored fifty points. They're going back and forth. Deep plays. Uh, God damn, what a fun game! It was a fun game, and you know what? Almost as fun as doing this podcast with you. The citizens of Perfectville, you guys love us, and we love you, which is why we are here. Busting our ass during Thanksgiving break. Chris is at his place. I am at my place doing this podcast, bringing you memories, bringing you uh, the single greatest podcast in possibly the history of the world uh, last Ooh. week, according to some people. Um, and that, of course, being our hates giving episode. I got a lot of feedback. A <laughs> lot of people hated. And well, I should say a lot of people loved the things that we hated here, Chris. And yeah. uh, I, I just I kudos to you. The fourth annual hates giving day parade here in Perfectville uh, was a smashing success. So much so that we got back here on the mic during our break, during our time off, ladies and gentlemen. And you guys know that both Chris and I will take time off whenever we damn well please with this show. But here we are, uh, busting our ass, keep bringing you this show. It is time for the coin toss. Chris, are you ready? I am always ready. Well, the coin I have this year is from 2011, uh, which that year the Miami Dolphins were not ready because they went 6-10, and 10, uh, mm. finishing third in the AFC East. Uh, we had two head coaches that year. Do you remember who the coaches were, Chris? Uh, well, Sperano. Yep. Um, and then the Jets head coach, Todd Bowles. That is 100% correct. Tony Sperano went four and nine, got fired on December 12th. Todd Bowles took over, went two and one. Uh, oddly enough, the team goes six and 10 on the year, but, uh, scored more points than they gave up, which is a very weird thing to do when you're <laughs> six and 10. But we actually had 329 points for, 313 points against, uh, good for a top 10 defense in terms of points scored, and good for a uh, somewhere in the 20s for points for um, offensive coordinator Brian Dayball, defensive coordinator Mike Nolan, uh, all names that we knew, all names that we thought when we put them together would get this team to be 10 and 6, not 6 and 10, but here we are, 6 and 10, third place, Tony Sperano got fired, rest in peace, Todd Bowles is still employed as the New York Jets head coach, may he rest in New Jersey forever. I hope they never fire him because that would guarantee at least one win again a year for the Miami Dolphins going forward. Yeah, uh, Todd Bowles is a nice guy, nice guy. A lot of people were claiming, uh, clamoring for him to be our head coach uh, permanently after he took over the interim role and having a minor success. But uh, it's very obvious that the guy is very defenses, uh, defensively minded and just really isn't uh, head coach material. He's very 
much uh, on the outs in New York, unfortunately yeah, for uh, us. I, I don't think he's going to be there much longer. Actually, this year we actually drafted Mike Pouncey. So there's a name that we just got rid of, but he was our first overall pick, uh, number 15 overall in the NFL draft of that year. Uh, before I flip this here, Chris, we should figure out what our topics are. I have my topic, and I'm going to say, you know what, quite frankly, since it's Thanksgiving, we're going to give the fans, the citizens of Perfectville, something to be thankful for. Uh, we're going to bring them an Emmy Award-winning journalist, author, comedian, podcaster, actor, extraordinaire, Mr. Jim Florentine, a big, big doll fan. You and I had the opportunity to talk to him here recently. Uh, That is going to be my topic here for the coin toss. What is yours? Mine is... um Piggy tailing off, uh, piggy tailing, piggybacking. Jesus Christ! I don't know what uh, piggy tailing is, but count me in. We're just curling our hair, I guess. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'd ask you to cut it, because but I know you fucking won't. So. Nope. Uh, nope. Uh, so piggybacking off of our hates giving, very successful hates giving episode last week. Um, I would like for us, in the spirit of Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm hosting this year, so I'm, I'm in a good mood, Sam. I want us to talk about a couple of things we're actually thankful for uh, as uh. doll fans. Uh, this year or years uh, in the future, maybe something that's uh, that you're excited about, uh, like uh, Isaiah Ford or Kalen mm. Balaj, something like that. A few things that we're thankful for and, and kind of flip the switch a little bit and piggy tail piggyback on – uh, the hate we gave last week. I, w- I would like to end it on that note. I think that'd be nice if the flip goes my way. I feel like piggy tailing is going to be a new T-shirt. Somebody needs to get us a design yep. for piggy tailing, and I, I cannot, don't know what that would be. I'm, but. I'm already imagining uh, Racedling's fucking tweets on this, like uh, on Reddit and Twitter, like Racedling, whatever the fuck your name is, we'll never get it right. Uh, I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. Piggy tailing. That's going to be a meme. You also said imagining, which is not a word, but it is now. <laughs> so piggy tailing and imagining coming soon to a welcome to perfectville.com shop near you. Uh, Chris, I am thankful for us butchering the English language <laughs> week in and week out. But here we go. We're flipping the coin. You call it in the air as always. And now. Tails. It is heads. That is now three weeks Ooh. in a row. Uh, tails and since does fail. The tails is failing, but something happened here in November. It might be the fire and the winds that are happening here in Northern California. It's just blowing this thing over, and it's usually tails. Um, but since I won, I am going to take the home field advantage. I'm going to take the ball right now, and I'm going to give us uh, an interview that you and I did with Jim Florentine just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, why delay? Let's just get to the interview right now. Joining us now here on Perfectville is, uh, well, as somebody who does stand-up comedy, he, Chris, quite frankly, is uh, somewhat of a legend for many reasons. He's a stand-up comic. He's an actor. Um, He is an Emmy Award-winning journalist, I guess, on some level. Um, He's got uh, a best-selling book. He's got a top-rated podcast. I could go on and gone, but uh, I don't really like promoting guys who are way more talented, funny, and more successful than I am, but uh, he is a huge Miami Dolphins fan, uh, the one, the only, Mr. Jim Florentine. Jim, how are you doing? Thanks. Look, I I just been in the game way longer than you. That's the only reason. So you how did you? Mean? I got those credits. Yeah, I mean, you know, you said you were doing it five years. You'll, yeah, you'll, you know, you'll you'll amass all those. You know, you hang in there. You'll be doing all the different stuff here and there. So you just what? hang in there. <laughs> well, that's Look, if you're I... a dolphin, if you're a dolphin fan, all the misery you go through with them, <laughs> you can easily be a stand-up comic. Well, the that's... misery you have to go through there, the highs and the lows. 
Well, you know what's interesting about that here? I'm in uh, I'm in Northern California. I pretty much stick to the West Coast when it comes to uh, comes to my comedy, and I have found that there's at least five, six, seven. Miami Dolphins fans who also happen to be stand-up comics uh, just in Northern California alone. And I started kind of drawing that same conclusion that, you know what? Uh, if you can be a Miami Dolphins fan, you're in and you're out. You can take a joke. You can take a heckler. You can take anything and uh, turn it around on somebody else because uh, being a Miami Dolphins fan is tough. It's tougher than standing on stage. I'll, get, I'll, I'll give you that. Well, you, you do. I mean, just the ups and downs. You know, as being a stand-up comic, having a great set, having a bad set, auditioning for a big part or, or a good club you want to get in and you bomb, you know, it's like a, 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 you know, a devastating dolphin loss. So you're used to it. Yeah. You go into the season, you think, all right, we're going to the playoffs and then you're four and 12, you know, so you're, you're used to the dejection <laughs> and you need to, as a comic, you need that. You need to be able to, you know, deal with rejection and dejection. No, that's true, and and it's so funny you say that. I actually did a show in Reno not too long ago, and uh, I don't do a lot of political humor, but I was doing a little bit of political humor, and the early show on a Saturday was hardcore liberal, and the late show was hardcore conservative, and same exact joke, same exact timing, same exact punchline, uh, almost the same amount of laughter, but the laughter came from a different place. You know what I mean? Like It was just completely from a completely different place from the liberal crowd than it was the conservative crowd. It was very bizarre, and it was one of those things where it's just kind of like, you know what? It changes every single day, every single moment. Uh, even within the night, your, your comedy can completely change based on the audience. And again, it kind of, it's for the Miami Dolphins fans out there, it's almost like being a Miami Dolphins fan because every single week there's an adventure. We got somebody bullying somebody one week. Uh, we've got our wide receivers injured every single week. We have a quarterback controversy every other year. Uh, you just kind of have to be on your toes being a Miami Dolphins fan. Our offensive no, line you, coach is doing coke. I, that's uh, true. Sure. <laughs> Doing coke, um, you got a guy that doesn't want to go back in after he gets taken out and sits out st- sits out the rest of the game. Rashad Jones, you got uh, you know uh, what's his face last year that the this, the guy they got from the Steelers who doesn't show up the oh, play wall first yeah. game. Yeah, the Lawrence Timmons. He actually went back to Timmons. the Steelers. Yeah, I mean I was actually at that Chargers. Dolphins game down in Los Angeles last year and that news was breaking as I was walking to that soccer stadium and I'm just kind of going are you kidding me of course it's happening again why would it not happen why can't we have a drama free week that would be boring no we got to have some shit going on at all times um so speaking of comedy we're kind of all over the map here but I'll start with this question how did you get started uh you just kind of decided one day fuck it I'm gonna go on stage or or what was the motivation Yeah, pretty much I was doing like radio you know, in college and stuff, and I was DJing in, like, rock clubs, and um, I, I just want, I wanted to get up on stage somehow. All my friends are in bands and stuff, and then when I started doing radio, D, uh, DJing on the radio, I couldn't say what I really wanted to say, and I was always a fan of stand-up. Mm-hmm. I just never thought I'd take that route, and then once I got up there, I did it once. I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, I just got hooked on it. No, I can... Uh... Yeah, because I'm my own boss, and just, like, I don't want to listen to anyone. I, I want to be my own boss eventually and make my own decisions and not have to work for anyone. Let me ask you this, and I'm going to throw it over to Chris because I know Chris is chomping at the bit to ask you a couple questions here about the Dolphins. But um, I've had this debate for the last couple of years. Now, I've been doing comedy for the last five. I've only considered myself a stand-up comedian for the last two. And I have my criteria as to how you graduate from somebody who's on a, on a stage with a microphone to being a bona fide stand-up comic. But uh, do you have any parameters as to um, – Somebody who is – let me ask you this. So, like, if somebody does a couple open mics, in my opinion, they're not a stand-up comic. Do we agree on that? Absolutely. I mean, you got to be doing it, you know, for a while and get paid. 
I think like two, three years, unless you're doing it like two, three years. About year nine is when you're going to be a really good comic. That's usually the rule of thumb. Like you have, you have to put that groundwork in. You yeah, know what I mean, like, and then you're really solid. You could still be good at five, but you get really good at year nine if you, if you really work at it. No, I, I actually would agree with that. I mean, I thought I was good after year two and year three, and then I look back at my sets from a couple of years ago and go, I don't even know what I was doing. But uh, and, and that'll change again, I'm sure. But see, my criteria is almost along the lines of yours: is that I think once you start paying taxes on your stand-up comedy, that's when you can consider yourself a stand-up comic uh, because people get paid, you know, on spot gigs here, there, and everywhere, and they're not going to report that. But once you start doing club work to the point where uh, you got to start filling out, you know, IRS tax forms, that's that's for me. That's when you get that litmus test of yes, you're stand-up comic are you going to report this or not um but once the irs comes knocking on your door that's what i think for me personally when you can start calling yourself a stand-up comic that's that sounds a little elitist but uh that's just you know my thoughts on no it. it's true it's true it's funny because i was making like the first like seven years of doing stand i was making like twenty thousand a year 18 whatever it was i mean a year three to like year eight was like twenty thousand something like that so that was my tax returns every year and then all of a sudden i booked like two big commercials for like 40 or 50,000 between the two of them. And then I filed for like, you know, 70,000 the next year and I got audited right away. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> How could you make for seven years, you were making 20,000 and now you're at 70 or 80. And I, you know, I went in there and I sat with him. I said, look, I got booked these commercials. Like, how did you live making 20 or 22,000? I go, I just, you know, I share an apartment with four yeah. other guys. I slept on the floor and I didn't care. I had a Toyota to sell it made that got 50 miles to a gallon. And I just drove. And that was it. They're like, oh, okay. That's just weird. They couldn't understand how a comic can live like that. Jim, what's your thoughts? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. On, on the Dolphins being cursed because we built Joe Robbie Stadium on a seminal uh, burial ground. My dad swears by it. We're cursed as a franchise. They should have never moved from the Orange Bowl. I was at the Orange Bowl back in the day. I lived down in Florida when I was a kid for a little while. So I was there for the Marino days. A uh, few seasons, and that Orange Bowl was unbelievable. You were right on top of the field. The home field advantage was amazing. Um, and you know, once they moved to Joe Robbie, and you know, the, 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 the just the stands were like way off the field. There was no mm-hmm. personal vibe to it. They really lost a lot when they moved over there. But I guess they had to. I mean, the, the Orange Bowl was pretty much a shithole, but still it was an amazing advantage just playing in that place. Um, I don't know. You know, look. You know, there's a lot of things that could, that, you know, Marino definitely should have won a Super Bowl at some point. But, you know, it didn't happen. No running game, no defense, you know, a shitty defensive coordinator. All the cornerbacks were playing 20 yards off the ball. You couldn't even see him on a TV screen. <laughs> They're playing so far off the ball. You know, Jim Kelly called uh, the Dolphins uh, defensive coordinator, Tom Olivadotti. Olivadotti, fuck him. Yeah, serious. the Bills' 12th <laughs> man. The Bills' 12th man. <laughs> <laughs> Because he, he would seriously, they would never rush. They'd have three, three, three slow white guys rushing the passer, eight guys <laughs> back playing twenty yards off the ball. So they just throw dink and dunk fifteen, twenty yards, you know, and, and just go right down the field and score every time. Well, that fucking K gun offense with Jimmy, you know, Jim Kelly and the goddamn Marv Levy offense there. I mean, that shit. Growing up, so I, I'm I'm in my mid to late thirties. We'll call it mid thirties for entertainment purposes. Um, 
I grew up hating the Buffalo Bills because they that was the wall that we could not climb over in the 90s. You know, growing up being a Dan Marino fan, I hated Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, James Lofton, Marv Levy, Pete Metzlars, their fucking tight end. I hated all of them oh, because we just Bruce couldn't Smith. stop Bruce Smith. I mean, look, I, I trust me. I like Bruce Smith because that guy was a talent, but I fucking hated him two weeks a year because of him, Daryl Talley, uh, all those assholes, man. Cornelius, Cornelius Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. Yeah, I just could not stand any of them. And to this day, even with all the success that the Patriots have had and the rivalry that we've had with the Jets, the Buffalo Bills are still the team that I want to spit on more than any other team because of that. Because that was my childhood. It's just getting my heart broken. I remember going, I didn't go, but I was at the AFC Championship game in spirit uh, in Miami, and the Buffalo Bills just kicked our dicks in and then, of course, got their shit packed in by the Cowboys the two weeks after that. But still, I wanted them to go to the Super Bowl. It didn't happen, and I was just fucking fumed at the Buffalo Bills. Is that is, is that the team you hate, or is there another team in the division no, that you hate Jets. more? I the Jets. I live in New Jersey, so That's it's true. the Jets. That makes sense. Yeah, that I makes mean, sense. It's, you, yeah, you can always hate the Jets. I mean, I got my son's eight. I already have him eight in the Jets. Nice. Uh, we went We went to the Dolphin-Jet game, the second game of the year in Jersey at the Jet Stadium. It was yeah. their opening day. And they um, they were giving out jet banners at the gate because it was their first game. And um, my son took one. I go, what are you doing? You, it's a jet banner. He goes, no, no, Dad, I want it. I'm like, I go, what are you? And I was like, all right, I'm just going to leave him alone, whatever. I go, maybe he wants to do whatever. So he, he go as soon as he walks away with the banner, he goes, he goes right into a stall, pisses on and it flushes. Nice. <laughs> now, like, that, beautiful. That is, now that is father of the year candidate right there. You have raised that boy. Correct. My friend. Good for you. Good for him. Sam, Good for Sam you. Sam and I uh, went to uh, a game together in Jersey. We sat That's in the true. nosebleeds and they attempted to throw beer on us uh, and they missed and threw it all over this little girl on her, at her first game. And then her dad, one of the fight, other jet fans above us and one guy was wearing a shell necklace he was such a douchebag it was it was a horrible experience and we lost that was the year we went one of 15 and chad pennington did his bullshit uh qb draw and like high stepped in the end zone it was horrible oh yeah yeah i remember that year yeah 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 but you know the the thing with the jet and the dolphin fans like there's not that too much of a rivalry anymore because everyone just hates the patriots yeah because the jets and dolphins have been bad for so long even the bills like, so I live in jet territory, and no one even bothers me if I'm wearing dolphin stuff. They're like, ah, oh, Patriots suck. I know, I know. So, there's, you know, we've been bad for so long. Once once we get good again, both teams, when Brady and, and Belichick eventually retire, then someone else will win that division. There's not, you know, it's not too bad around here. Now, even going to the jet game, you can wear Miami stuff, and no one's giving you a hard time. So, Jim, I was going to ask you, I mean, you mentioned Rashad Jones a little bit earlier. Uh, you're following today's product. It sounds like. I mean, what do you think of? I've been the five. I've been the five games this year. Did Jeez. you go to the Did you go to the Bears game by chance? No, I didn't go to the Bears game. Oh man, that's the game I went to. I actually got thrown off the field prior uh, prior to it because uh, I, I knew I knew some people with the Dolphins, and they said, hey, "Look, you can hold the flag before the game, uh, but two things: you got to leave when they come out, when the players actually come out onto the field, and uh, no pictures, no video." So the first thing I do is I let go of the flag, and I'm like in Brock Osweiler's face because that was the game that he was first going to start for us. And I have a video where I just see me get shoved right off the field because I broke every single rule that I was told not to. But uh, fuck it, that's I mean, it was less. Yeah, what am I? gonna do well i'm not gonna yeah. i'm never gonna be on that field again so i'm going to do everything i can possibly do to remember it in some way and it was actually better that you see the because you, you see me video brock you see me yelling at him and the next thing you see is turf sky turf sky because you're just shoving shoveling me off the field um that what a great game so you've been to five games so you just fly down you got season tickets going to the game every uh every chance i just you get. could fly in or whatever I, I went to the first four games of the year okay 
and then I went to uh, the Jet game, and I'm going to uh, I went to the Packer game, Ugh. and I'm going to the uh, Minnesota game. So I book comedy gigs. So I try to book comedy gigs around what town they're in. Isn't that beautiful? So Minnesota, I'm up there, so I'm going to go to that game too. Well, first of all, whatever anyone says about Adam Gase, okay, just know that we won that Bears game because he did not put Tannehill. He knew Tannehill wasn't going to play that week, right? He didn't want to put so so if if the Bears would have just looked at some tape at Brock Osweiler, we would have lost that game. They had yep. no idea he was going to start, so they weren't preparing for him. And you know how that is when a backup comes in, Matt Moore. Yep. You know <laughs> they look amazing, and then when they have to start the next week, they got some tape on them and they throw four interceptions. No, you're absolutely right. You're 100 so percent right. So it cost it cost Gase fifteen grand at a fine. It was well worth it. Well, look, I'm not paying the fine. So with that logic, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's coming from Adam Gase's pocket, and uh, no, that, that you know I didn't think about it that way but you're right i mean he he just kind of cheated <laughs> and you know what he did and, because because osweiler was like through all all friday practice he took the first team reps and then saturday you know he knew Tannehill wasn't going to be able to go and he just put him my question or whatever and then all of a sudden on sunday morning no osweiler's starting and there was i guess some video of him you know doing taking the first team reps on friday so he knew that Tannehill wasn't playing obviously i mean the Tannehill's finally playing this week so if he didn't play God. for six weeks he was obviously hurt yeah. So are you a Tannehill guy? Do you think he's uh, he's the quarterback that we need to have beyond this year? Or are you, are you of the camp that he should be uh, maybe jettisoned for somebody else? Uh, after this year, I think they they got to cut ties with him. Only because, you know, because of the injury. I always say if there's somebody better out there, then sign him. Then go draft him or whatever. And there, there, there hasn't been. So, you know, until it, that's why I was always like, we got to stick with him. What are we going to do? There's not another guy that's going to be better than him. If they were to trade it up in this draft, the only guy that I like, but I'm not an expert, is is Mayfield. And we weren't getting Mayfield because he went number one. You know, Josh Rosen doesn't look good. Who no. knows about Josh Allen? Donald's looking like shit mm. with the Jets. So who? So we were to trade it up to get one of those guys. You know, who's, who knows if those guys are going to be good, and they're going to try to stick with him for like two or three years. Right. So that could set those organizations back. We weren't going to get Mayfield. He was going to go number one to the Browns. So um, I just think next year, sign some, you know, a Teddy Bridgewater or whatever like that, or even an Eli Manning for a year or two and, and draft a quarterback in the first round. If you even if you got to trade up and trade some picks and start grooming somebody. Jim, what's your thoughts on uh, on Matt Burke and our defense this year? Uh, it's been hit or miss some games. Uh, we've given up a lot of points, a lot of yards, and it just seems to be um, Gase is defending the guy and backing him all, all year. Uh, he's been backing him. So uh, there's been rumors that the players are just like not doing what they're told, but then there's Rashad Jones benching himself because of some heated moment with Matt Burke. I want to just know what your thoughts are on him. I, you know, I don't blame it all on Matt Burke for, you know, when you lose, when you lost uh, what's William Hayes, what week two or week three was the Raider game. You know, you lose him, then you lose Vincent Taylor, you lose two defensive tackles. You know, that's huge right there. And, um, you know, supposedly Rashad Jones is just playing out of position and gambling and not sticking with the system. So he's out of position. You see in a lot of those touchdowns, like the Lions and the Bears and stuff like that, Rashad Jones, like, what is he doing? Like, he's 20 yards off the ball. So, um, I don't, you know, like when Matt Burke said, hey, we're going to try this new system and we're going to rotate players and this is how it's going to be and you have to stick with it. And all of a sudden, I know it was the Jets, but they, you know, they had like 183 yards of total offense right. when they switched to that. So I don't know. Look, maybe Matt Burke's not the guy, but I don't blame it all on him. Well, Either, and, right, Ma- you know, and Minka Fitzpatrick's a fucking monster. Like anytime he's, an he's got in, yeah, you got to get him on my, the he's field. He's from my hometown that I grew up in, so he's my favorite player. 
Oh, nice. Nothing wrong yeah, with but, that. No, he's great. And you know what? That's You needed that guy. You needed a guy. You know, I always said, I go get this guy because at least he can cover tight ends. He's a cornerback. He's a safety. And he's fast. We never had speed on the Dolphin defense. Between him and uh, Baker, the linebacker, I mean, we finally got some speed where I could catch some guy from behind. Well, and we needed to get those kind of guys that Baker, even the McMillans and Minka. Um, I talk about it all the time. We need guys that like no don't know what it's like to lose, so they're like pissed off when it happens, and they they're the voice in the locker room to change some shit. Uh, we need the guys like the Minka Fitzpatrick from Alabama and the Ohio State guys that lose like what one game like every four four years um, to come in, and you can see it on their faces. Like Minka is just we give up a touchdown opposite end of the field, and he's throwing his arms down and stuff. He looks dejected, like he's not used to it, and. Hopefully that'll change the culture of the locker room, getting more of those types of guys uh, in, in it. Yeah. Look, we always need defensive guys. Our defense has always been suspect, you know. And um, with Fitzpatrick and Baker, at least you got those two guys that are looking like they're, they're great rookies, you know what I mean? And Alonzo's having a great year. He had a shitty year last year. Um, he's really stepped it up this year. But, yeah, I mean, look, we, you got, what, nine guys on IR? Yeah, I mean, you got your, your team is decimated with injuries. Yeah, it's it's been a shit show for the Dolphins this year when it comes to injuries. I mean, it, it, to me, I'll, I'll liken it back to comedy. I always hated hecklers because I can bomb all, all by myself. I don't need anybody to help me. It's like the Dolphins can lose all by themselves. They don't need all these injuries. We'll figure out a way to fuck it up. Trust us. Uh, let alone you're taking away all of our wide receivers, our tight ends, our defensive tackles, linebackers, and defensive backs, and everything else. So um, you're listening to Jim Florentine here on Welcome to Perfectville. I have a couple of questions here for you. One of the things um, that I think – most people know you for is for Crank Anchors there, Jim. Uh, other people know you for that metal show. In fact, I got a question here from one of our listeners um, who's a big metal show fan. I actually know you from the Howard Stern Show. That's how I found out you were uh, a Miami Dolphins fan. I think Artie or somebody was talking about it one day, and I was like, oh, no shit, he's a Dolphins fan. I like him even more now. Um, but I do have a question. Do you think you're more known for that metal show, or do you think you're no- more known for Crank Anchors or something else that you've done? Um, I'd probably say probably, probably Howard Stern, I would say, overall. Yeah. Because, I mean, back in the day when he was on regular radio, there was like 20 million people listening to that show. It was insane. Before he went to Satellite, where it was less people listening, but still hardcore fans. But I would say Howard Stern. Yeah, you know, for me, you know, and I don't know, maybe you're the same way. I don't know. But, uh, you know, growing up, I was a big, you know, Johnny Carson fan, David Letterman, Conan O'Brien to a degree, Jay Leno to a degree. But for me, it was always like if I could get on the Howard Stern show as a comic, that was my Johnny Carson. Right. So that makes a lot of sense. And I am one of those hardcore listeners. I'm one of the guys that actually switched over to Satellite when he went to Satellite just because I was I was a dedicated fan for so long. Um, I do have a question here from uh, Michael Jeffries. He's one of our listeners here, what we call the Citizens of Perfectville. And he says, as a huge That Metal Show fan, what past or present Dolphins players and or coaches would you pick to make up a five-piece band? Uh, putting you on the spot here, but which, uh, which five players and or coaches would you put together to, uh, to make that band? Uh, well, I guess I'd put Larry Zonk on drums because he's a fucking <laughs> animal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but Marino, Marino's got to be the singer. Yeah. He's good looking. He's got the curly. He's still got the tan. You know what I mean? So Marino, you know, so he's got to be the singer. Um, shit. Put you Ricky, put Zach Thomas on bass. Little put guy, Rick, small guy. <laughs> put okay. Ricky Williams on the bong, bongos. Oh, right. oh yeah, Rick, oh, right. yeah, Rick, yeah, Rick, Ricky's got to be in a band, too. Uh, if not, yeah, if nothing Ricky else. On the bong- yeah, he's knocking on the door after the show to make sure that they got everything that they need, if nothing else. But uh, 
Yeah, no, I like that. I, he actually, he, he threw these out here. I thought these were pretty good. He says John Denny would be his rhythm guitar because people always forget that he's there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got, John, yeah, he looks like he's in Pearl Jam, John Denny. He does. <laughs> he's you got know, the I, long hair, you know what I mean? He's fucking mute, big guy. And she, yeah, he, he looks like he's in a band. So, like, John Denny, uh, he's been our, I think he's been our long snapper since 1983. And before him, it was Ed Perry since, like, 1968. <laughs> I mean, I think we've had three long snappers in the history of the fucking Miami Dolphins. It, it is uncanny to me how long John Denny and Ed Perry have been uh, that guy, uh, just throwing the ball backwards 15 yards. It's, it, it's crazy to me that we've had that much consistency, yet we've had 37 quarterbacks since Dan Marino. It's like, what the fuck? How can we have consistency as the long snapper, but we can't get a quarterback to throw it 15 yards on an out route? What the fuck? And so- 65 kickers. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, man. Cody Parkey is my favorite uh, ex-Dolphin of all time. Uh, he's another guy I was yelling on the field uh, at the Bears game. He's the Bears kicker. And I was yelling at him going, you're going to help us out today because he grew up a big Miami Dolphins fan and he missed that kick in overtime. And I swear to God, he looked up at me in the end zone and just kind of winked because he, he almost kicked the ball right to me in the end zone. And uh, it was fantastic. So uh, he's, he's, kick- he, We love him as a Dolphin because remember the year before the Dolphins signed him? Yeah. He was with the Browns. Remember yeah. like three yeah. field goals and an extra point in that game, and Miami won. Yep, yep. He and, that was the man. and then they signed him, and he was great with the Dolphins <laughs> for a year. And then he goes, unlike Dan Carpenter, who kills us every time with the fucking Bills. Yeah, yeah. As soon as we let him go, he's killing us on 57-yarders. He couldn't make a 32-yarder with the Dolphins. Cody Parkey uh, said he he checked his phone after games to see if the Dolphins won when he's on other teams. Like he's a huge fan. He's from Jupiter. Um, Jim, when you said you lived in uh, South Florida, where where do you live? I'm from uh, Wellington, West Palm Beach. I lived in Fort Lauderdale. I lived. I was in Plantation. I lived in uh, Coral Springs, and I uh, awesome. graduated Cardinal Gibbons High School down in Fort Lauderdale. Awesome. Yeah, Cody, Cody Parkey's Jupiter. Uh, I played them in, in football in high school. We played Jupiter there in our conference. And, uh, yeah, he's a Jupiter juggernaut. I guess he was given the name from one of the uh, writers there for the papers. But, you know, he totally missed those kicks on purpose. He totally did. <laughs> I, I'm convinced yeah, he did. No, I think we, I think it was a you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. He, you come kick for us for a year, we'll get you paid. Then when you come back and play us again as a bear, you, you miss when you're supposed to miss. I mean, I think there's uh, there's some backdoor dealings going on there. Uh, I do have one more question question here from our Facebook page. This comes from Scott Ryan here, Jim. This says, uh, I don't know. That, I'm guessing this is from HBO. Uh, ask Jim about meeting Dan Marino. I'm guessing that's from the uh, from the HBO stuff you did, or, or is there another story that I'm missing? Yeah, well, I was, yeah. I mean, I did Inside the NFL for one year when Marino was on, and we did a whole bit where I dressed up like Ricky Williams trying to get back on the Dolphins. Yep. Remember the year when he when he quit to go smoke pot with Lenny Kravitz? <laughs> oh yeah, your whole your whole skit is hilarious. The way you, the the uh, the perfect way you say you know I want to get back to the game. I miss it. And I owe eight point six million dollars. <laughs> like it was yeah. so perfect. It was so fucking hilarious. And like the the um, the reggae um, dreads that you had on. Where was that really you in the uh, in the past? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, he was no fucking shit. drilling you. He was drilling you. No, I know. I mean, I, I you don't understand. I like. We pitched the thing to Marino. Marino goes, yeah, if you want to come down to my house. I go, we have to do it at your house. We're going to pull up at a van. He's like, all right, yeah, that's cool. I'll be around. Yeah, that's fine. I'll do it. And he's like, all right, cool. And then we you know, we pull up there, and Marino's like, all right, let me throw a little. And we're having a catch in the driveway, and he's gunning him at me like 100 <laughs> miles an hour. He's like, man, this guy doesn't miss anything. I go, I've been waiting 17 years to catch a pass from you. Wow. Seriously, I'm not, I'm, not dropping, I'm not dropping one. Wow. So is Dan Marino your favorite dolphin of all time, or do you got somebody yeah, else? Yeah, I mean, down to earth. Like, you know, when we have, like, parties after we tape inside the NFL – 
like we'd go to like some bar or some restaurant or whatever like that. He would hang with the crew to like the lighting guys and the camera guys instead of sitting at the table with like Collinsworth and, um, you know, Costas and stuff like that. And like the big wigs, he would just hang with the guys like the Pittsburgh fucking blue collar guys, just drink yeah. beer with them, you know, oh, and wow. just tell funny stories and stuff. Oh, that's good to know. That's it's actually good to hear because everything I've ever heard is actually he's kind of a he's kind of a prick. Right. Everybody's going to want a picture, going to want an autograph. They're drunk. They're, hey, can you take this? Hold up. Just t- t- hit that button there. You know what I mean? So he gets bombarded everywhere. Yeah. He goes. I've never seen him be other anything else but am- amazing to people whenever oh, he's met anybody. You, see, you hear that, Dolphins, who uh, have told me otherwise? I'm going to take Jim Florentine's word over yours because you guys aren't famous and he is, and that means <laughs> no, something I, to I, me. <laughs> I just, I've, I've met, you know, I've never seen him like that. I mean, you know, I've even met him at the, you know, he Anthony Cole Fire Pizza, he was in business with those guys. Yeah. I remember, and uh, yeah, he was, so he would do appearances. They're, they're open a lot in New Jersey, so I'd go to every appearance because I knew he'd be there, like, for the grand opening. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, ah, come on, whatever, I'd just be hanging with him. I'm like, you don't mind? He goes, no, please hang, man. Come on, let's have a drink. I'm like, beautiful. Love yeah, that's, guy. that is the dream right there. I mean, like you said, just, just kind of booking shows, going to Miami Dolphins games, hanging out with legends like Dan Marino. Uh, <laughs> speak, speaking of legends, I mean, Chris Cullen, uh, my co-host here, he actually named his son. Uh, what did you name him, Chris? Uh, I I tricked my wife kind of. She didn't really get it, but uh, I, I, she agreed to name my son Zachary Thomas Cullen. Uh, so my son is named Zach Thomas. Uh, my favorite player. I played middle linebacker at Wellington High School. Came up here to North Carolina uh, to play Division Two Wingate University. Uh, Zach, I was always I'm five eleven. 225 at the time when I was playing like Zach Thomas was like my spitting image my god my 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 everything like he needs to be in the hall of fame but yeah I named my son uh Zach Thomas and I found out my wife my wife found out she agreed to the name found out I was a boy uh, a few months later I'm watching a Dolphins game I celebrate I say yeah Zach Thomas and I turn around and look at her and she's giving me a face and she goes, oh, so are we naming our son after a football player for the Dolphins? I'm like, yeah, kind of. And she's like, well, whatever. I, I like Zach because I had a, a crush on Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. So she, she totally – she won that argument, but I still got to name my son Zach Thomas, so it's pretty awesome. That's great. I mean, look, Zach's absolute that he's not even considered for the Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous. Well, well here's he a little bit of breaking news. for, what, eight or nine or ten years? I mean, he was amazing. All pro. He uh, just to break the news to both of you gentlemen. He's now a semifinalist for the 2019 Hall of Fame. He made that initial cut, so I don't think he's going to make it personally, unfortunately. Right. But uh, yeah, he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. Same with Richmond Webb. I don't. We had Richmond Webb uh, here on the show, and we were like, well, "How the hell is this guy uh, an All Decades team for the '90s left tackle, and yet not in the Hall of Fame?" It doesn't make any sense to us. It almost feels mm, like a conspiracy. I don't know about Richmond Webb. I would go really? Zach Thomas over Richmond Webb. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, just I think remember they... a lot of holding calls on. on <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, killing drives. Well, that might have been Keith Sims. You know, maybe Richmond Webb got nailed for him when it was Keith Sims. But, but the a thing about Dolphin trivia: who, who's uh, ma- what Dolphin is married to Zach Thomas' sister, or used to be? That was Jason Taylor, right? Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you, you look, you're not, you're not dealing with. I know, with I some, know. I figured you know that. We're not, we're not no bandwagon <laughs> Dolphins fans from 2016. We're hardcore. All right, okay, all right. Look, I got another one. Who did Uh-oh. the Dolphins cut? All right, when when Jimmy Johnson drafted Zach Thomas ah, fifth I know round, this. I know this. Who did they tell Rio? Cut? Oh, you fuckers! All right, fucking asshole. <laughs> That's a good fucking one. Chris. I was going to answer that, but no, that Remember is that is could, actually good trivia. Jimmy Johnson cut him like before the first preseason game. Goes, yep. look, 
you're not going to make the team. This guy's unbelievable. So you might as well just go now. No, and what? he was right. And and it was just kind of one of those things where I'm like, because Jack Del Rio came from the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken, right? He yeah. was he was a, he was yeah. a hardcore middle linebacker. And I remember reading that in the newspaper back when we did those things and going, God damn, why did we cut Jack Del Rio? Because he was a name. I, I didn't know any better at the time. And uh, and Jimmy Johnson, we trust because he was absolutely spot on, 100 percent right. First of all, just the three of us that we know this. And we can't remember our girlfriend or wives' birthdays <laughs> or anniversaries. That's that's yeah yeah shit. I got I'm, I'm trying to remember. We retain. That's yeah, right. I'm trying to remember right. where the hell I'm supposed to be performing tomorrow night. I think it's Tommy T's <laughs> in the East Bay. I know, I, but you remember Jack Del Rio too. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, 55 career sacks or whatever he had. He was good. Um, all right, you guys. Uh, this, this has been Jim Florentine. Jim, anything else you want to talk about? Anything you got coming up? You going on tour? Are you uh, promoting anything out there that, that we can help? No, with? look, I'm just a big, huge Dolphin fan, man. You know, you're always hoping every year. I think, uh, you know, they got some good players on there. You never know, man. Just the injuries. I mean, you think about it, everyone's on Adam Gase's ass, but the guys played what Tannehill's played maybe a third of the game so far since he's yeah. got a coach. He's been playing with a backup for you know two-thirds of the game seek and they're five and five uh, you know that so and i agree with that because that Bengals game we had that game beat and then laramie tunzel went out and after that all shit just went south and we would have won that game i think of laramie tunzel's in that one game, of those we games win that the game. Lions, yeah. one of these other games they would have won with Tannehill. i'm still you pissed know, so, that we lost to the lions that doesn't make any sense to me we got boat raced on that game too it didn't make i mean we just weren't in it at all them. yeah yeah Jim, uh, what's your thoughts on um, the game Sunday against the Colts? It's a big game. Uh, Andrew Lutz looked good the last few weeks. Well, yeah, I know. It's a, you got We have to get this team while they're hot. You know, you know who's going to be hot too when we go see the fucking Bills. Yeah, you know the Bills. All of a sudden, they're going to win six straight, and we're going to play in the last game of the year. And this, you know, we wanted the Bills week two and three when they were like getting get blown out forty-seven three. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough. But Tannehill is playing, which which. You know, makes a big difference because he could throw some balls downfield. But, you know, with Albert Wilson and Jaquim Grant out, which is their speed, which is amazing, those guys with those little, you know, pitches and little screens and running all the way. I'm like, man, what a great offense we finally have. And they're both yeah. fucking gone, too. I think that Balazs guy is going to be good. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's <laughs> going to play a lot on Sunday. I'll, uh, this is not going to make the air. I'm going to, just, just so you know, Jim, I was at. Really? I don't know. It's going to be a tough game this week. I, you know, it's so, you know, once, once or twice a year, the Dolphins will pull out a game like this when you like that. They got no shot yeah. and the defense will play amazing and luck will get sacked and he'll throw interceptions and this and that. So I don't know. Um, it's going to be tough. If, if our offensive line is playing Tunsil and uh, James, and, yeah, James are playing. That's going to help. Um, I just don't know. It just killed me when I was watching a Charger game last Sunday and Pouncey's at center. Yeah. Snapping that ball. It's like killing it. should have kept him. I didn't, I didn't like that move. Well, that was a money thing. I think more more than anything, they want him to renegotiate. It was $7 million a year for a guy that's a pretty much a pro ball player. That's not a lot. You give Juwan James $9 million, you know, so I think they, you know, but the other guy they signed was like 4 or $5 million. It wasn't that big of a, much of a difference. Well, I think that I think that's really what it boiled down to is it was kind of you know counting pennies and cents, and they wanted to have more of a run game than uh, pass. And Pouncey just wasn't doing it in the run game. Uh, but this year, like you said, I mean, whether it's a scheme fit or if he's one hundred percent healthy, Pouncey's actually been really, really good for the you Chargers. Know that, you know, just... Pouncey's going to be in the Pro Bowl. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Look, like... Richie Incognito was a freaking Pro yep. Bowl for four years after he sat out of football for two years. Let's say Carlo, yeah. Carlos Dansby was a fucking Hall of Famer everywhere he played except the Miami Dolphins when we no, I know. gave that huge contract. Like, it always happens to us. Chris Hogan. 
There yeah. you go. 7-Eleven. <laughs> Even Wes Welker to a degree. I mean, Wes was the good West, for us. Was but he, wor- that was the worst trade in Dolphin history. What, two second rounders? Is that what we got for him? A second and a third. But didn't they, put a, third. Didn't they put a poison pill on the uh, contract they that did. we had to match? Like, if he played more than six games in the state of Florida, like it was a $10 million guarantee a year or some shit, and they actually changed the rules where you yep. couldn't put uh, poison pills in contracts anymore. They got rid of the transition tag because of that contract. Yeah. That, and, you know, and kudos to Bill Belichick because he, he, he played the game right. But, <laughs> that uh, was, yeah, that, that sucked. That was Cam Cameron that year, the one in 15 year <laughs> traded him. You know, Bill Ford drafted fast. Ted Ginn and his family. Meanwhile, Ted well, Ginn's still in the league and still catching still passes. Can, we, can you believe you know that, that shit? I worked for. I, I, I was interning for the uh, Dan Lebitard show at the time uh, down in Miami, and um, uh, that was the time where Saban left, and we we're calling him. Oh, Saban been lying, and um, all the calls. Of, uh, Cam Cameron did the whole. Your thumb should be up this direction because they're booing the Ted Ginn pick. It was just horrible from the start. Well, that's what it's like. So speaking of that, uh, last question I got for you, Jim, we'll let you go here. But uh, I, I want to know, I mean, everyone knows probably what the greatest memory you've had as a Miami Dolphins. I'm assuming the 72, 73 seasons. But what's the worst memory you've had as a Dolphin? I mean, what's the thing that when you go to go to bed at night and you wake up in a cold sweat thinking about the NFL and thinking about the Miami Dolphins, what is the game? What is the image? What is the event that occurs in your mind that you go, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I'm a Dolphins fan? I'll tell you, the, the worst loss I ever went through was that Dolphin-Charger playoff game, 27-24. When the Dolphins were, was it, I think it was 20, Dolphins were up like 24-3 at halftime. Okay. And they came back, and um, that's when they had Keith Jackson, as a, you know, and, and he pitched, and they, and they blew the lead. They didn't score one point in the second half. And that was the, that was the year they could have won a Super Bowl. They had a great team that year. Was that Stan, uh, Stan Humphreys' quarterback for the Chargers? Am I'm I correct in sure, that? sure, yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure and they played the, the Niners. That, that yeah, that was the worst. That was the worst loss for me because that was a year when that, I'm like they could definitely make it to the Super Bowl, and who knows what's going to happen there. They had a great team that year, and they just sat in the lead in the second half. That was Shula. Shula was still the coach then. They sat yeah. in the lead, and then and then Marino, when the Marino got the ball back with like a minute left, down 27-24, Of course, they let him throw and air it out. He gets down to the 30 yard line. There's four seconds left on Stojanovic. Tries a 47 yarder. And I think uh. it landed at the 20. <laughs> what the? piece of shit. Alindo <laughs> Mare was drafted the next year. Yeah. Th- that is incredible. No, I mean, that's like 1994, man. That yeah. That's like 25 years ago. And you have it uh, You have it down to the minute as to what happened in that game. That is crazy. I got that, so that drunk. Is battle me, and my, scars. me and my brother went to a strip club and we got kicked out. <laughs> you know those old school strip clubs where you give the girls a dollar and you could put it in like their uh, garter belt? Yeah. So my brother, I was leaning over the bar to put in her garter belt. My brother was holding my ankles. That's how far I was leaning over the bar to get her in her garter belt, and then we got thrown out. That was the yeah, same that's... night because I, I just like we just got to go out and get drunk. I'll, uh, well, if we're gonna share, if we're gonna show strip club stories, I'll share one. I uh, I uh, I won like well, me and my buddy won like five hundred dollars on a penny slot in Vegas. So we decided to just go to the strip club and, and blow it all. And we go through that in about it was like a Wednesday night, and we go through all of that in probably about five minutes, of course. And uh, he ends up going to the ATM, uh, which is always a bad move if you have to go to the ATM inside of a strip club. Up. You're you're yeah. 
you're doing a, you're doing it wrong. And uh, so he comes out and he goes, look, don't let me get any more lap dances. And then uh, about three seconds later, he's getting a lap dance and I go to stop it. And then, of course, I get distracted by a beautiful lady, get a lap dance and completely forget. Well, after his lap dance is done, he gets up and just walks away and never pays her. He just goes, thank you and walks off. And uh, so the, the stripper comes up to me and she's like, look, your friend never paid me. I'm like, I don't understand why this is my problem, but I have to go to him. I go, hey, man, you got to pay this stripper. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, that's how it works. He goes, oh, she dances for me. And then I just have to pay. I'm like, that's exactly the social contract we entered into when we came into this establishment. He turns around and I shit you not, Jim. He, he's there's this this Hispanic stripper and she's dancing for all these guys. And he leans down and he picks up all of her money that these guys are throwing on her and hands it to his stripper. And at that point, the room got very, very dark because about seven bouncers came on top of us. And just I mean, they couldn't throw us out fast enough. It was it was <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, that's we messed up. up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, uh, Jim, I appreciate you joining us here. Chris, anything else you got for Jim before we uh, before we take off here? No, Jim, thanks for coming on the show. It was a, a lot of fun, and you're obviously a fucking gigantic fan. Um, I guess the only thing I can think of is last week we uh, we mentioned uh, our shitty celebrity uh, fans yeah. that we have. Uh, That's a good and, point. And I mentioned, like, um, I think Adam Richman from Man vs. Food is a uh, big Dolphins fan, and uh, Johnny Depp obviously is as well. Do you know anybody, or are you like in the inner circles of maybe we don't know of uh, that you know as a big Dolphins fan? Yeah, name no, names, Jim. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, Daniel Tosh, I know him a little. Yeah. Um, he's a Dolphin fan, and then um, uh, Roy Roy Wood, yeah. Yeah, we always we were always miserable over the Dolphins. We talk, but other than that, I don't really know. Why is that? Fans. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't. I'm not sure why. You see people showing up to Miami Heat games all the time in Miami. It's Miami. You would think the Dolphins would have more celebrities. I mean, all due respect to our celebrity fans, we need more. And uh, and well, uh, see, Johnny when, Depp when doesn't Miami count. Miami starts going 11 and five and 12 and four. Yeah. At some point, that's they'll true. all come out of the woodwork. Of course. That's true. You know, yeah, I was at true. three classic Dolphin games. I was at the Mud Bowl when I was a kid. Mm. I mm. was at the I was at the Charger Dolphin 41 38 overtime game. Another brutal one, yeah. And I was at uh, the, I was at the championship game, uh, Miami Pittsburgh, when the Dolphins went to the Super Bowl. Marino was forty five twenty eight. He threw like five touchdown passes. Look at you, man. You're blessed with this Next stuff. Year, the championship I, uh, game when the, when the, when the Patriots kicked their ass like fucking twenty nine to seven or something like that. But isn't that a good thing? Because we would have had the Bears again, and I don't think we would have beat the Bears twice in that in that season. I think we would have gotten a mud hole stomped in us. Yeah, but, but it's still I mean, good. To, it would still been good to go to the Super Bowl though. Yeah. We've been more competitive than the Patriots. I still have that Monday night game on on VHS tape, the Dolphins-Bears game. You haven't digitized that yet? You got it on VHS? (laughs) No, I just, you know, I mean, I I don't know if I'm going to watch it again, but, you know, I still have it. You have to go to Goodwill to find a uh, VHS player. I know. VCR. I know. All right, Jim. Well, hey, uh, we appreciate you joining us here on Perfectville, and uh, good luck to everything, man. Like I said, we're both huge fans, and you're obviously a huge fan of the Miami Dolphins, which we appreciate here in Perfectville. Um, anything else you want to say before uh, we let you go? No, I'm good, man. Let's uh, let's hope for the best on Sunday. Look, if they if somehow they can pull this win out and they're six and five, going the Buffalo going the home game against Buffalo the following week, and they could be seven and five, and then they got New England, which you know you never know in Miami. Yeah. They always, you always split well. with those guys, yeah. So you never know. And Minnesota's not playing great, and they're playing at Minnesota. It's in a dome. You know, who the fuck uh, knows? Come on, Jim. No, you're going to be excited. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, you're you're giving us some false hope here, and I don't know, I don't appreciate the uh, the Woody under the desk. I, I think it comes down to that Vikings done. I think it comes down to that Vikings game. I think if we can beat that Vikings team that was supposed to be a monster this year and they're not, uh, then I think we have a pretty good chance. I mean, the Colts and the Vikings. I mean, the Bills. We should beat them twice. If we can't beat the Bills twice this season, I know they're looking better, but we should beat them twice. Yeah, we should if definitely we can't beat, beat them, them twice. twice. Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. you know. Uh, the Jaguar game is definitely winnable, especially mm-hmm. very, home. Very they winnable. They have a terrible offense, so they could definitely yep. win that one. See, look, if Tannehill comes back and he's sharp and he's laser-focused and he knows, hey, man, if these Dolphins – like if he puts it in his head, these Dolph- Dolphins want to get rid of me at the end of the year, I'll yeah. go sign a, a six-year, uh, $120 million contract with another team, no problem. Yeah, he, you know, he's going to go, yeah. So if he comes in with that mindset and goes, good, let me go at the end of the year. I don't give a shit because I'm going to get huge money. And he tears it up, you never know. Yeah, I can see him yeah, going he, to the Giants or, uh, or some team like Redskins. that. Yeah, Redskins. Redskins have an opening. They, yeah. They have an opening because they got a quarterback right now that's got about 75 pins in his leg. And uh, yeah. if there's anybody that reminds me of Alex Smith, it's Ryan Tannehill in terms of what well, he can do. And no, can't but do. I mean, they just signed a good backup, uh, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, we have uh, uh, yeah him. butt fumble yeah I'm than him. <laughs> yeah yeah you might be getting a call you know you just uh, keep the, keep the line going you might be getting a call if you show up to a Jets game this weekend or a Redskins game this weekend you might play but, yeah all right Jim uh, we appreciate it thank you very much we'll let you get to the rest of your night have a good Thanksgiving and uh, bring us some good luck when you're on the road here with the Vikings and every every other game you're going to huh? absolutely man I will thanks thanks Jim and just like that uh, Chris we have. A bona fide awesome guest. I mean, not not these crappy guests that we get here every now and then, but we actually had a uh, a guest that came on and spoke it the way it's supposed to be spoken. True Dolphin knows everything and anything about the Miami Dolphins. We talked about strippers. Uh, we talked about our offensive uh, line coach doing drugs. We talked about the heartbreak of being a Dolphin. Uh, we talked about comedy. We talked about just about anything and everything that you could possibly talk about with Jim Florentine. Just a fantastic guest. Yeah, and I was very surprised with his disdain to Richmond Webb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was surprised at that, too. He was like, I mean, fuck Richmond Webb. I remember him ending drives. I'm like, damn. God. Yeah, I was name-dropping Richmond Webb so we can have some street cred about some of our guests that we've had here on Perfect Film. He's like, nah, I, I ain't playing that. So I was like, oh, okay, well, there we go. But, uh, no, the special thanks again to Jim Florentine, who's got one of the best podcasts. If you guys are into podcasts, and I know you are because you're listening to this one right now, I believe it's called Metal Midgets Comedy or Comedy Metal Midgets Comedy. Metal Midgets, I believe it's called. Uh, just type in Jim Florentine into Apple iTunes and you'll find it. It's one of the best podcasts that are out there. Uh, check that out. And again, he will be at the Vikings game. He's already been to five or six games this year, I believe he said. Yeah, uh, the guy is just uh, living the dream. Booking comedy gigs around the Miami Dolphins yeah. schedule. That is my dream. That is my dream right there. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was just about to say. I'm, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like he, like he said earlier, like he didn't want a boss. Like he, it's his own fucking thing he can control. And he gets to schedule his comedy, uh, based on where the dolphins are so he can go to the games. Like that's just fucking insane. Like to, as a person that goes to a bank, uh, and works like at the same desk, nine to five, Monday through Friday, which is, I just made that sound so much worse than it is. I love my job, but, um, he just gets to be like, oh, we're playing in Minnesota. Let's see if there's comedy clubs around there have openings. And I will just show up as special ed from Crank Anchors. You'll put me on your marquee, and I'll go to the Dolphins game and get paid to do it. Like, it's just what a fucking dream. It is a dream. And uh, how great was that story about his son pissing all over that Jets yes. banner? Isn't that the greatest? Well, Father of the like, year. 
Yeah, he's like, I was going to kind of take it from him or whatever, but I didn't want to like overimpose. And it's like, whatever he wants to do uh, type of deal and didn't want to interfere. And the kid was just like, no, I got this and took it and just pissed on it in the bathroom. Are you kidding me? Um, that is just, like you said, father of the year material. Father of the year material. Well, with that, I'm going to let everyone process that. Just figure out, look, you know, I bitched about, and we talked about it with him. We, we bitched about our lack of celebrity Doll fans, well, there's one right there. This guy's won an Emmy. We've had Emmy award winners on Perfectville here, guys. You guys understand wow. that? You guys understand that? And if you want a good story, we didn't talk about it here, but uh, just just Google Emmy Award, Jim Florentine, and Mariano Rivera. Just type those three things into your Google machine and prepare to laugh because it is the best story in the <laughs> I know what you're talking about because I read it, too. Yeah, I read it, too. Uh, it's Yeah, I won't even spoil it on the podcast. No, 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 no just go ahead. Take a break, hit pause, because we're going to halftime here, and we'll pay some bills. And then when we come back, you'll have listened and read to that story, or you'll you'll have read that story, and then we can get into the second half of Perfectville right after these words. Whoa, whoa, hey, uh, Noah, what's going on, man? You uh, haven't said much over there for a little while. Oh, yeah, sorry, Mike. I've kind of been zoning out for the past, like, three hours listening to this podcast. Uh, you said three hours, you know, for, for a podcast. Oh yeah. Um, it's these guys fins up fans down. They basically go back each week and like recap last week's game while they watch it. Whole lot of fun. Yeah. But you said three hours. I mean, what do they even talk about in that time? Um, you know, like they give you news from the week. They recap the game, give their opinions, give their thoughts. They, uh, do predictions for next week's game. Yeah. But they're, they're not too knowledgeable, but they're big fans. But I could just listen to Locked On and get all of that for like 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, you could. Or you could go to Twitter slash Pod and follow the podcast or go to DolphinsTalk.com or iTunes and listen. Is that Pod with a P-H-P-H? I, it just so happens to be. Wow, that's really crazy. All right, guys, listen, check out Fins Up, Fans Down. It's a podcast Noah and I do every week. Uh, admittedly, we go pretty long on the podcast, but uh, we have a hell of a good time doing it. And, uh, you know, follow us at Fins Fans Pod on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, hope you enjoy the show. And just like that, we are back from halftime, second half of Perfectville. Chris, this is your ball. We are kicking off to you. Uh, you wanted to talk about something positive for a change, which is weird and foreign for me. And I'm already getting hives <laughs> thinking about it. But uh, the ball is yours, sir. Yeah, Sam. Um you're right. When we start the season, we're optimistic. We're excited. Uh, we started off pretty hot and then uh, came crashing down. Uh, but here we are at five and five after a bye week, a late season bye week, which we always want. Um, and we're sitting pretty. We, we still have a spot uh, in the playoffs if we if we actually do some right things here. Ryan Tanhill just got cleared to play. Sam, I'm sick of being negative. It's been too much. Um, I'm ready to. Pour some gravy on my mashed potatoes here, uh, some salt and pepper on my corn, get a couple slices of turkey, and just talk about around the family table of Perfectville here what we're thankful for being Dolphins fans. Because there's a reason we do this. There's a reason we love this team. And in the spirit of Thanksgiving, by the time this drops, you literally probably all you listeners will have family in town or you'll be traveled to where you're going. Um, let's be thankful, Sam. Let's talk about a couple of things that we are happy about as Dolphins. I yeah I uh, I guess I'll start. That sounded like you were you were setting that up for me to uh, talk about something I am thankful for. Um, so I am going to say that I am thankful 
uh, for the fact that I, I'm not going to lie about this. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm thankful that Don Shula is still alive, quite frankly. Wow. I, I, yeah. I, I Not to be morbid right off the bat, but uh, I had a dream the other day that he died and I was like, I'm very depressed. And then I woke up and I checked and he was still alive. And I'm like, I'm very thankful that this guy is alive. Look, the guy is a living legend, not only when it comes to the Miami Dolphins, but the NFL and sports in general. Um, people like him, Vin Scully, and a few others that are out there. Magic Johnson, whenever Magic goes. Um, Pat Riley, for, for the Miami Heat fans that are out there, whenever he goes. He's, they've got long times, of course. But whenever these guys go, Marv Levy, um, it's going to be a sad, sad day. Uh, but for us here, when Don Shula goes, it's going to be probably the darkest day in Miami Dolphins history. So I'm thankful that this show will probably be canceled off of DolphinsTalk.com, and we won't have to actually cry on the air whenever that happens. But then again, I'm also thankful for the fact that Don Shula is fucking immortal, and he'll probably outlive both you and I, so we don't have to worry about it at all. Yeah, best invention ever is golf carts, because that's how he gets around these days. I have a feeling he like drives a golf cart to check his mail. I feel but, like he uh, stole that from Bill Parcells. Like, I never saw Don Shula <laughs> in a golf cart until Bill Parcells showed up, and his fat ass was driving around Davey in a golf cart, and Don Shula was just like, Give me that. And then he had, to, he had to give it up. He had to give it to the man. He had to give it to the Don. So ever since then, he's been riding around in the big tunas golf cart. Yeah. And the only way we can test that theory is to have someone else come in from the outside of the NFL, like a Bill Belichick when he retires. And if he like starts riding around in a Segway and if Don Shola starts doing that too, then we know he's copying the big weeks. That's right. That's right. All right. You're up, my friend. All right. Well, a simple one today, Sam. Um, news broke today, literally as of recording here on Tuesday. Um, Brian Tannehill is back. And a few episodes ago, I said that uh, it's quite frankly probably possible that he's played his last game as a Miami Dolphin. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> like most things, I'm going to play the the um, two-time Hall of Famer um, card here and just say I was wrong. I admit it. It's great. But I'm thankful that Ryan Tannehill is playing. Um, you can agree. Somebody tweeted about it. I forgot who it was. I would love to give credit. I'm sorry. I, I don't remember. But somebody tweeted and said, whether you love or hate Ryan Tannehill, I think, Sam, you can agree with this too. And so can all you listeners. Him being back makes this game so much more interesting. It like gives Him us, being back. Yeah. No, yeah, it go, does. Go ahead. It gives us a fighting chance. I mean, look, there there is no question that Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback and a better option than Brock Osweiler if he's healthy enough to compete, which it sounds like he is. He's not going to be a hundred percent, and that is done. That is, you know, that's just not going to happen. But I, I would li- I would be lying if I didn't say that when I heard that news today, when I saw that news on Twitter or wherever I saw it, I didn't go, all right. We got ourselves a little bit of a shot now, especially the way Andrew Luck's been playing, especially the way the Colts have come on here recently uh, to have a fighting chance. Even if it's a puncher's chance in a boxing match uh, is better than what we would have had if it was Brock Osweiler. We just wouldn't have the offense. We wouldn't have anybody to throw the ball and wouldn't have anybody to throw the ball to, quite frankly. So I'm not sure what Ryan Tannehill's going to do, um, but I like our chances better with Ryan Tannehill than without, especially this season. Well, let me tell you, th- Let me. I'm going to read off some stats here, Sam, and you tell me what you would think if they were talking about the Dolphins, okay? So what do, What are your thoughts if I told you going into this game Sunday, Ryan Tannehill hadn't been sacked in five games? I would say that that was a very good sack or a very good stat. I'd be like, hey, but he hasn't played in five games either. But I know what you're – I think I know where you're going with this, yes. Yeah, So, but what would you think Sunday would be? It's a big game, both five and five. Like whoever wins this – is takes the next step towards the playoffs. Whoever loses pretty much uh, has a very uphill battle. Uh, AFC game, I would think we're due to be sacked. 
Like, it, it, oh, especially yeah. with – yeah. I mean, I would just be like saying, oh, here we go. They had to say it. Now we're going to get sacked five times. The Colts probably uh, are going to kill us. Well, Andrew Luck has not been sacked in five games. He's been untouched in five games. Cam Wake, uh, these guys, these linebackers, Alonzo and, and Baker and McMillan, they are just chomping at the bit at this point. Uh, to get to Andrew Luck because if you can get to him, you pressure him. Obviously, it's going to cause trouble. Andrew Luck's a good quarterback. He's been playing well. He's hot. Uh, Jim Florentine mentioned how, uh, of course, we got him when they're when they're hot now and they're uh, doing bad early in the season. But man, this game has all the uh, pickings of a good story. Ryan Tannehill and Andrew Luck were drafted in the same draft. Uh, Luck was the absolute utmost number one overall pick. Here's Tannehill going eight after RG three. Um, it's got a good story, both guys uh, now, and we need Tannehill to be untouched in this game, and we need to get to Andrew Luck. But I'm thankful that Ryan Tannehill is our quarterback going into the game Sunday at a random, again, 425 start time. I hate that start time, by the way. No, it's an awful. It's an, it's something I'm not thankful for. I'd rather us do it at uh, one o'clock, like we, you know, I think we have more success at that. But uh, you know, I just don't know. I, I mean, it, I, I agree with what you're saying in that if he hasn't been touched in basically five games, he's probably due. I mean, the, the, those are roulette or blackjack odds right there. Uh, here's the thing, though: uh, the Miami Dolphins aren't good at sacking the quarterback. So right. if if there's ever going to be a game where perhaps. Uh, you stretch it to six where you're really not being sacked, this would be the game. However, again, um, I'm thankful that we have uh, Ryan Tannehill uh, to, to maybe counteract that a little bit. Uh, here's hoping here's hoping that the streak ends this weekend against the Miami Dolphins, which, by the way, I just pulled this up right now. Um, the Miami Dolphins against the Indianapolis Colts. I'm thankful for this all time. All time, including two postseason games, the Miami Dolphins and Indianapolis Colts have met 73 different occasions. Care to guess what the record is for the Miami Dolphins against those Colts? 73. Um, I would say 40 and 33. You're pretty good. You're pretty close. 47 and 26. The Miami Dolphins lead the overall series with the Colts. 47-26. However, much like when I pulled the stat against the Packers a couple of weeks ago, the last (laughs) five times, the Dolphins are 1-4. and So it it sounds like we're due, in my opinion, to beat the Indianapolis Colts because history is on our side. Recent history suggests that uh, that history is being corrected. It's time for the Miami Dolphins to step up, sack Andrew Luck, maybe hurt him again. They're good at hurting Indianapolis Colts quarterbacks and uh, take a win. So I'm thankful for the fact that preemptively the Miami Dolphins are going to end some streaks against the Indianapolis Colts this weekend. Sam, can you pass the butter? I have um, something else to say as oh, well. Yep, I'm passing this over right here. and Just go ahead and take it. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I am thankful uh, because we're running out and trotting out a running back crew of Kenyon Drake and oh, oh former Indianapolis Colt ah. Frank Gore in Indianapolis and that just spells doom for the Colts defense. Frank Gore is going to is already he's been playing fantastic this year. PFF has him ranked he's one of the top running backs when he gets his carries and gets his opportunities. Frank Gore has been running like a man possessed, can't be tackled by the first guy, and he's playing against his former team in Indianapolis. Frank Gore is just is just it's just if you just, if you're 
WRT, I have a feeling he's going to just have a great game. It, I, I can see Adam Gase, the way he is, the way he beat the uh, Broncos and the Bears. Um, I can see him making Frank Gore the absolute epitome of our play uh, game plan on Sunday. And I can even see Drake having an 80-yard run tackled at the two-yard line, fresh as can be, and him taking him out to let Frank Gore get the touchdown. Frank Gore is going to be... I'm calling it now. I'm thankful for him. Uh, he is going to be a uh, huge part of this game on Sunday. I tend to agree with you, and I'm going to piggyback on that and say another player that I'm thankful for for the Miami Dolphins against these Colts this weekend is Devontae Parker. Now, hear me out. Mm. This doesn't make much sense other than the fact that he might be the only somewhat healthy receiver that we have for Ryan Tannehill when he suits up this Sunday against the Colts. But as we record this, it is November 20th. Two years ago to the day, the Miami Dolphins went into Los Angeles and played the Los Angeles Rams in a rainstorm where Devontae Parker showed up and actually did something and caught the game-winning touchdown with about a minute left. And I remember this because I was at that game. I drove from Northern California down to Southern California in that day. After that game, I walked. I walked from USC to Staples Center to watch the Lakers and Bulls and Jimmy Butler just <laughs> completely poleaxed that awful Los Angeles Lakers team at that time. But that was the game where the Dolphins beat the Rams and then the Bulls beat the the Lakers later that game, I watched both professional franchises that I grew up with loving in the same game, in the same day, I should say, not in the same game. Uh, but Devontae Parker, two years ago to the day that we are recording this, Chris, is when he showed up. It might have been the last time that he showed up, uh, but I think, I'm thinking <laughs> that uh, maybe somebody will ring a dog, uh, ring a bell, and like Pavlov's dog, he'll show up again against the Colts for Ryan Tannehill and the Miami Dolphins. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I like being thankful for things, and I'm thankful for the show. I'm thankful for co-hosting with you and getting a guy like Jim Florentine on and Richmond Webb and Greg Camarillo. It's been just a great time, so I'll just end it on that. But uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and uh, everyone else listening. It's been pretty damn awesome doing this, so I uh, appreciate you calling me when you did the one time to ask me if I wanted to do this. It's been a roller coaster, and it's been a great time. I love doing it. No, it's uh, it's almost been three years. Is that right? Three years since we yeah. started this show, and uh, it's been awesome since day one. You were my very first choice to do this show, and if you had said no, I don't know if this show would even uh, definitely <laughs> would not be in its current form the way it is. Uh, but no, I, I appreciate. I'm glad you actually picked up the phone on accident that day and said yes. I'll I'll go ahead and do this, um, and it's been a wild ride ever since. So we're thankful for all the citizens of Perfectville. We're we're thankful for. Um, the Miami Dolphins, as weird as that sounds, as being as shitty as they can be at times, uh, for just being there, just being there, like uh, like Jim Florentine said. I mean, uh, you and I have this encyclopedia of uh, knowledge of good and bad things that have happened to us based around the Miami Dolphins, much like him. I mean, I, I was super impressed that he was able to pull out Pete Stoyanovich missing a 40-yard yeah. field goal against the Chargers, super like you detailed. said. Yeah, leave it. I think it landed at the 20. Um you know, just that type of stuff. I mean, that's uh, that's what my, being a Miami Dolphin is all about. The pain, the misery, and every now and then you get a bone thrown your way. So uh, with that being said, I think it's that time, my friend. That is just another episode of Perfectville. Anything else you'd like to say before we get out of here? Yeah, it's going to be so much sweeter uh when we actually do finally win one one day god you imagine the listeners in this show it's gonna be insane i don't think anyone's gonna be listening because everyone's all dolphins everywhere gonna be blackout drunk just in the streets <laughs> pissing themselves shitting themselves running around being uh just released because we had all that pent-up frustration for the last 40 fucking years but uh yes a week after that i think the downloads would be immense 
Yep, be huge. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that being said, only thing left to say is happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the game wherever you're watching the game this Sunday. And goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Dolphinstock.com, a podcast, a network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.